sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. A mother's breastfeeding experience changes drastically over time, starting from her child's birth throughout the months of her baby's life. Today, we continue our conversation in our series called Breastfeeding Expectations. Over 12 months, we are following three new moms along their breastfeeding journey, learning how they cope with breastfeeding challenges and settle into a breastfeeding rhythm with their babies. This is The Boob Group, episode 35. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk, what's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva, don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk, never had to pump. Breast milk, all udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the boob group, because mothers know breast. Welcome to The Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I'm your host, Robin Kaplan. I'm also a board-certified lactation consultant and owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center. At The Boob Group, we're your online support group for all things related to breastfeeding. Did you know that we have a Boob Group Club? This is an exclusive membership club available to all of our listeners. Since only our most recent 10 episodes are available online, this club gives you access to all of our archived episodes, a shorter version of each episode if you're pressed for time, written transcripts of the shows, plus a monthly newsletter with special giveaways, discounts, and much more. You can access all of this great information through the website or through our new Boob Group app. For more information, visit our website, theboobgroup.com, and click on the members link at the top of the page. Now it's time for me to reintroduce our lovely moms who we are following now for the next six months. Ladies, will you introduce yourselves, please? And I should mention, we have Cherry via Skype right now because she is enjoying a nice, lovely vacation with her family. So, Cherry, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Sure. I'm uh, Cherry Christensen. I'm 31 years old, and I have a daughter. Her name is Callie, and she just turned five months. All right. Fantastic. I'm Jennifer Oliver. I have a almost three-year-old and a five-month-old, and I work in arts education. All right. And last but not least, I'm Annie Hall. I'm an architect. I'm 36 years old, and I have a daughter who's thir- who's 36. Who's six <laughs> months old. <laughs> wow. Six going on 36. Well, welcome back to the show, ladies. <laughs> Sounds familiar. If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. 
You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Let's kick off today's episode with some unbelievable breastfeeding stories making headlines around the internet. Uh, This story will be posted on the Boob Group Pinterest board with the other ones we've spoken about in previous episodes. So the topic is the breastfeeding doll, breast milk baby sparks controversy. So uh, just a little back um, backstory on all this. So a Spanish company, Spanish toy company, is facing fiery criticism today after releasing the breast milk baby on Friday in the United States. And so right for, I guess it was for Black Friday, um, or actually, no, this is a couple weeks ago. So in the beginning of November, this company that um, produces this breast milk baby, uh, this baby's been around in Europe for quite a while. And actually, people really, really like this doll. And then they brought it to the United States, and um, it sparked quite a controversy. So for those of you who are not familiar with the breast milk baby... This is a baby doll. Its price point is $89, and it comes in a plethora of um, skin colors and ethnicities, so that way you can choose the baby that looks most like your child. And um, it comes with a tube top with little um, flowers where, I guess, nipples would be. And then when you put your baby to the flowers, they make a su- the baby makes a sucking sound. So... Um, You know, I just I found this article and I was like, wow, I really don't know how I feel about that. And so I thought I would just bring it and share it with you all and see what you thought. So, Annie, what do you think about this doll? I I don't know how I feel about it either. (laughs) I think that, um, well, in in the United States, in our society, I don't know that it works. Yeah. How come? Um, There's such a difference between Europe and here. And Europe has a much, um, maybe we can get to what I want to what I want to say about it, I'm not sure, but there's a lot less, um, it's like drinking in the United States versus Europe. Sure. Uh, Europeans or Italians start drinking at the dinner table and they take a sip with dinner and, and it's appreciated. It's not um, used in, in a way like we do in the United States where you can't drink until you're 21 and then when you, when you do, you just blow your mind and, <laughs> and you get wasted. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sure Europeans get wasted as well, but it's just, it's different. Yeah. And so I think it's the same thing. It's, it, there's an extreme over here that's not in, in Europe. Yeah. However, I also don't think that I need a doll to um, make an extra emphasis yeah. on the breastfeeding. I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I think that it's, it's I, I have lots of thoughts about it, but Jen, it's your turn. <laughs> you know, I, I, the first thing I was thinking of is just picturing one buying a doll for $89, which I, <laughs> well, that's part of it too. I, <laughs> I have a three-year-old and she has a couple dolls and I did not spend $89 on their doll. Mm-mm. And, um, and then the other thing I was thinking about was just, you know, that it's it's sort of an interesting gimmick, but my daughter doesn't need the gimmick because she sort of does it already. She kind of takes her baby doll and she puts it up to her chest and holds it there, and she goes, "Look, mom, she's she's eating." So um, so it just seems a little bit excessive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I, but I see it as sort of a promotion. I mean, there used to be those baby dolls where they had the bottles and the you know the 
it would disappear the fluid in the bottle right and it was sort of that same and, idea and, and they had the babies didn't the babies wet the diaper too? and there was uh-huh. the ones yeah. that wet the diaper Betsy Wetsy mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is that her name I don't yeah. know I think it's Betsy Wetsy oh it could be <laughs> so so I think you know so I, I see this as being definitely a something a positive but I don't know if I, I, I just like the good old dolls that don't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like imagination. Flash. Yeah. How about yeah. you, Cherry? What do you think? Uh, you know, I think I share a lot of the same views, especially the ones about an $89 doll. But I think, you know, I think it's great. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, I, I have a hard time with the people who object to the doll who find, you know, I, I've, I've heard, I'd heard about this and I'd heard a lot of the comments about people saying that it was offensive and things like that. And I think... The comments that they're saying about the doll being offensive are basically them saying that breastfeeding is offensive. So, you know, I remember those, those um, I don't know who was mentioning it, the bottle where the milk would disappear when you fed it to the baby. And to me, it's no different to that. And so I think, um, you know, maybe if it, if it helps children to be more exposed, you know, you're a little girl and you're playing with your breastfeeding doll and your friend who doesn't know anything about breastfeeding sees you playing with it, maybe we're going to start an awareness at a much, much earlier age. Maybe that's a good thing. Ah, that's a really good point, Sherry. Um, well, thanks for sharing your opinions, ladies, and we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so today on the Boob Group, we're discussing what Annie, Jen, and Cherry's breastfeeding experiences have been like during their baby's sixth month of life. I cannot believe your children are five and six months old. That is absolutely insane to me. Um, so I love. I would love to start off this episode with just what breastfeeding looks like for you as a mother who's, you know, let me start that over. So ladies, I'd love to start this episode off with what breastfeeding looks like for a mother whose child is the same age as yours. So how often are you breastfeeding your baby? And do you feel like you've attained pro-breastfeeding status? Like you could breastfeed anywhere and you're kind of like a breastfeeding ninja. Um, how about you, Jen? What do you I'm think? I'm totally a breastfeeding ninja. <laughs> I can walk around the house holding him, breastfeeding. I um, help my daughter pull down her pants to go potty while I'm breastfeeding him at the same time. <laughs> Definitely ninja status. Um, I, You know what? I'm, I'm trying to count in my head how many times I feed him, um, but a lot. I feel like he's eating a lot right now, and I feel like I'm not producing a lot in um, sort of at one time, a massive quantity, so I think I'm feeding him more um, often. Um, When he is being babysat, which is about five hours a day, he feeds twice, but they're feeding him something like six ounces each time. I am not feeding him six ounces when I'm breastfeeding him. I'm feeding him close to maybe four. So... So when I have him, I'm feeding him, I think, more often. So right now, I think that's probably what it looks like, is I feel like probably every couple hours I'm feeding him. And he's waking up a lot at night right now, so he's waking up three times to feed at night. Which is a lot different than what he was doing a month ago. Yes, he was this awesome sleeper um, a month, a couple months ago, and now he's waking up pretty pretty regularly three times a night to to feed. Yeah. And so... um, so that's that's the point, and then we're going to talk about solids. We but sure we're are. we're definitely feeling. I'm definitely feeling like 
Uh, it's a good time to yeah, start introducing them. You need them. to start <laughs> introducing solids. Otherwise, I'm going to be breastfeeding him all day long. Yeah. How about you, Annie? Breastfeeding ninja? Um, it's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I haven't mastered walking around with with her. Which something to try tonight? <laughs> I know, but it definitely. It, I think that it just it. I've had issues with the one side um, hurting, and then getting it positioned right so that it wouldn't hurt. And so walking around, I always feel un- unsupported, and and just feels weird to me. Um, and but I'm also not chasing my older daughter around either, so I don't have to get up if I don't need to. Um, Anyway, so, but sort of ninja, I guess. <laughs> I feel 100% better than I did even a month ago. I, the, the pain that I was feeling from the vasospasm is, is gone, and the remedies of vitamins and, and cutting out coffee have been a huge difference. So uh, really the coffee, I think, was probably the biggest issue. Um, and recognizing how that affects me. I get migraines, and coffee is a trigger. Mm-hmm. And so that all makes sense. There's an imbalance in the, the magnesium levels in yeah. me. So that's kind of nice to recognize that as an overall um, thing that happens with me. Um, so that has been great. And then pumping at work and at home, everything has been pretty good. I am definitely giving her six ounces um, when she's babysat. So she gets, I think, three bottles a day. And then I feed her in the morning and two times at night and then in the middle of the night. So one, two, three, four, five, six or seven times. Okay. Um, I'd love to cut out that time at night. But... Um, it's at, you know, three or four, and I'm okay with that as long as she goes back down. Definitely. So, um, and I'm recognizing that that's because she's she's hungry and not just waking up because she's not, you know, hasn't learned how to soothe herself. Um, so we're kind of in that between stage, I think, right now. She's kind of learning or waking up because she hasn't figured out that skill to put herself back up, back down. Um, but then she also eats, too, so I'm not really sure. But we're going to be do, do, introducing solids as well. So cool. I'm curious to see how that affects and changes everything absolutely how about you cherry what's it looking like for you are you breastfeeding ninja i feel like i'm a total breastfeeding ninja <laughs> i i'm amazed at myself like i will nurse anywhere anytime like even now before calling in we we're sitting in a restaurant my whole family and i was like well i've got to go in 10 minutes so i'm going to nurse her now and they're like well there's no time and in the time it took someone to say there's no time to nurse her now like i was already undressed she was on my boob and, like she probably <laughs> had an ounce <laughs> it was like so fast so uh, so that's going really well, but we've we've had an interesting time um, about two, I want to say maybe two weeks ago, maybe even three weeks ago, um, we had a couple of days where Kelly was just up all night long, and she she's never really slept through the night, but I guess sitting through the night for a baby, she had a you know, four to six hour stretch every night, so for me that was sleeping through the night, and then all of a sudden she was just up all night. And day two, day three, I was tired, but I was like, you know, it's probably just a growth spurt, and, you know, it, it'll, I know that this will only last a few days, and then all of a sudden, we were on day seven, and then it was day 10, and then it was like day 14, and I was like, all right, this is not a growth spurt, so I, I was, it was kind of bizarre, and um, just up all night long, and I was nursing her, and she wasn't like fully awake, it was a lot of sort of dream feeding, but she was constantly waking herself up, and um, constantly hungry, and it seems to have gotten better, it's only been like two days, last night I got I got more sleep last night than I've probably had in two weeks, oh, but good. Um, thinking, I'm thinking it's teething actually, because so, we had a lot of green, green poop and nothing had changed in my diet, 
Um, and there's certainly not a formal kind milk issue going on with the amount that she's nursing. Yeah. I was going to say that's such a really good point because I remember looking back in my kiddos' babies' books and seeing that, you know, oh, they were sleeping with good chunks at three months, four months, and all of a sudden just bam, all the way down. And they started waking up more frequently. And it's that teething and the green poop often comes with teething as well. Just there's more mucus, more saliva, all that kind of stuff. So, um, I think you nailed it, Cherry. I think that's absolutely what's going on. And then once they get that relief, either the tooth starts to pop through or it's just not hurting that much um, anymore. They they kind of go back to a, a nice little pace. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping we're, we're on, a, uh, on an upward swing now. So I did, I did leave her with my husband for the first time this week ever for like a good 10-hour day. And I was so nervous because nothing soothes her but the boob. And she was great. She was fantastic, and she wasn't fussy, and she was totally fine with him. Um, I left him with, like, 25 ounces of milk because I didn't know how long I was going to be gone for. And I was like, whatever you do, do not give it all to her. Like, do not do that. But he kind of went the opposite extreme, and she only took seven ounces the whole day. So I was like, great, now I'm definitely going to be up all night long with her. But, um, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully things are getting better, and but at the same time, I know that this teething could go on for a while. So if that happens, I'm I'm okay with that too. Absolutely, Robin. I think oh, yeah. that Cherry brought up a good point um, about teething versus them sleeping through the night. Uh-huh. That they could be waking up because they're in pain, or they're waking up because um, they're hungry. Or so I feel like right now I'm in the place of I'm not sure if she's teething or if she's hungry or if if she doesn't know how to soothe herself and get back to sleep <laughs> so it's like this game this, this juggle of all those or things a combination, combination of all three maybe yeah Absolutely. yeah and then my husband's saying well no she should sleep sleep, sleep through the night and, and then I find myself battling that because well no what if she's in pain I know <laughs> don't tell me about my baby <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you're like just tell me what you need kiddo and then yeah. once they start talking you're like oh my gosh they never shut up so oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stop telling me what you stop need. Stop telling Just me what you it. need. Mama, 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 yeah. mama. Yeah. So yes, awesome. but, it, but it is hard when they're this age because you're right. There are just so many things going on in their little body that they they don't even know what's bothering them either. If they Maybe even if they could talk, they wouldn't know. So, uh, well, it does get better, obviously, because Sunny and I are still here and, <laughs> and we've survived two kids. But, um, but yes, I think it's so, so common what all of you were describing and Obviously, your babies will eventually sleep through the night. Um, <laughs> or not. I know. Well, you've got Miss Fiona over here. I don't know. She will. You know, by the time she hits college. But, but, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, when we come back, Annie, Jen, and Cherry will be discussing their thoughts on introducing solid foods. So we'll be right back. Okay, well, we're back um, here with Annie, Jen, and Cherry, and their five- and six-month-old babies, and um, we're going to discuss some solid foods because now is a time where I'm sure you all are noticing that your kiddos are eyeing those platefuls of food that we're all, you know, as adults are eating, and you're wondering, um, what are some good ideas for how to introduce solid foods? And I know, Annie, you've actually already started, so... um, for exclusively, bre- just I guess a little bit of a background before we get started, just in case some of our listeners um, haven't done a ton of research about introducing solids. So for exclusively breastfed babies, you should definitely wait until at least six months before you're introducing solid foods, and that's for many reasons. And so one of those is delaying solids actually gives baby the greater protection for illness, um, and also because it's really allowing their digestive system to fully mature. 
Um, and up until about six or seven months, they, they have kind of like an open gut. So if you've heard of leaky gut syndrome, it's really, it, they have this immature gut that allows pathogens to get in and get absorbed into their gut. And the issue with that is that um, the gut is about 75% of our immune system comes from our gut. And so if pathogens are getting in there, it's kind of compromising our immune system. And so that's why we don't really want to introduce solid foods yet, because although, you know, different proteins and enzymes and things like that are passed through our breast milk, it's not like a huge dose of carrots, essentially. So we want to make sure that baby's guts have started to close up and seal so that way they can tolerate any types of these allergens. Um, Because again, delaying solids also decreases their risk of food allergies. Um, It helps protect them from iron deficient anemia. Babies who are exclusively breastfed, um, all babies actually are born with enough iron in their, you know, as stored in their body. So that way they can kind of power through until solid foods are introduced. When we introduce them too early and they get too much iron, the body's overwhelmed with it and it doesn't absorb nearly as much as it needs to. It's not as readily available as it is in breast milk. So um, again, we don't want to introduce those iron-rich foods or iron-supplemented cereals and things like that before six months because their body won't know what to do with that in excess. Um, It also helps protect babies from future obesity. um, And also delaying solids helps mom maintain her milk supply. So there are lots of good reasons for um, delaying solids until your baby is at least six months old. And then also there are some developmental signs that show you that your baby's ready for solids. So this includes they can sit up um, well without support. So without maybe the pillow behind them, but they can actually sit pretty well on their own. Um, They've lost that tongue thrust reflex. So a reflex, I should say so they're not automatically pushing food out with their tongue um, but they actually will keep their tongue in their mouth and help to kind of chew and chew the food that they're going to be getting Um, they need to have a pincer grasp so that means that they can pick up food between their thumb and their forefinger Um, and so that way you can put little small manageable pieces on there um, if they're in a high chair or if they're sitting in your lap in front of them they can actually pick it up on their own and then also the baby is eager to participate in mealtime and tries to kind of grab your own food that you're eating and putting it in their mouth. But again, that's not the only thing you should be looking for. Really, the sitting up is super important, um, as well as the pincer grasp. So that being said, um, I know, Anna, you had asked me as well as if there is um, a window of opportunity to introduce solids. And um, it seems like this is varies pretty widely. And so at some point, usually around six to eight months, babies will become developmentally ready to introduce solids. But um, it's not actually absolutely necessary to introduce it at six months, seven months, even eight months. There are some babies um, for many different reasons that actually delay it even longer. But right around six to eight months is a nice time to introduce it because they are showing this interest in it. So that being said, now that you've got all the goods, um, there are obviously many philosophies for introducing solid foods. Um, And so some people will do purees, some will do baby-led weaning, where babies will actually do more um, pincer grass, putting things in their mouth rather than you feeding it by spoon. So I was going to ask you all, um, what are your plans for introducing solid foods? Um, Annie, since you've already started them, do you want to tell us what you're doing? Sure. Um, I had never heard of baby-led weaning until um, Ashley, one of our friends, had had mentioned that's what she had done with um, Evelyn. and so I didn't know that there was even that that's what you could do. I've always just seen people use the spoon with, with food. So that's kind of what was in my mind. Um, but what I've started with is I had heard from friends to do avocado and egg yolk. So I started with the avocado and she gags and kind of <laughs> just goes 
<laughs> I think it's the texture and um, the I so I, I moved to egg yolk, and she loved it. So I just did a soft boiled egg and poured out the egg yolk of the soft boiled egg to make sure. And I a friend said to make sure there was no egg white in it because the egg white has a lot of more um, allergens in it that yeah. at six months they can't process yet. Um, and so it's just the egg yolk. Um, so I do that. I gave that to her warm with a spoon, and she just was grabbing the spoon and like it was like she could do it on her own if she could. Yeah. Um, and just licking, licking <laughs> just <laughs> la 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 la. Um, but I would say that listening to what some of the cues are, she definitely um, is looking at our food and looks like she could eat. She could eat like five eggs if I if I let her. Um, but her um, she doesn't quite completely sit up yet um I still we still have to help her because she leans definitely to one side and go and falls down um and I don't know I haven't even tried to see if if she would pick the what is it called pincer grasp pincer grasp so it's just I don't know if she could do that yet um so I'm not quite ready for her to be in a high chair yet yeah um so I don't know if that means I should just keep doing what I'm doing which is like a tablespoon of of egg yolk and just Gradually. I think it's a great idea. Absolutely. Especially because she's enjoying it too. And she is over six months. And so, but if she doesn't have the pincer grasp yet, then you don't, I, I would recommend not leaving chunks of food on her plate because she probably just isn't ready to pick mm-hmm. it up mm-hmm. on her own. But the liquid, the liquid goodness that she's having right now sounds like she's super excited about it. Yeah. So. And so I guess my next question would be, when do I um, introduce something like um, another vegetable or another fruit, like a puree? So the... What I have read is that, and then we'll get to Jen and Cherry and how they're doing this as well, or uh, what they're thinking about doing, but the it sounds like the standard to me is anywhere between four and seven days of, of the same food over and over again, and as long as you don't see some sort of allergic reaction or intolerance or hives or rash, then that's when you would pick another single food to try. And then you can mix the two. Once you've managed you know, a couple single foods, you can mix those two together, but you don't want to mix it with something you haven't tried on its own as a single food yet. Okay. So makes sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Jen, what, did, what are you thinking about doing? And you might even share what you did with Fiona as well. Yeah, I was just um, I was just trying to remember. Um, so with Fiona, who's three, she'll be three on Christmas, which is crazy to me. Um, she, I waited till after six months, and I want to say she was closer to seven months when I finally started feeding her. Um, I was being very hesitant. Um, and with her, I started with the rice um, cereal, mixing it with breast milk. And um, so that it was mostly breast milk and a little bit of rice cereal um, and then spooning it. Um, and I, to be honest, I can't remember how that went. But, you know, part of the reason why I think I can't remember is because I don't actually breast. I mean, I don't actually feed her for the first month or so. It's usually something that happens with either my husband or with oh. my um, mother-in-law who's Good sitting point. her. So I actually never see it. So, um, and not until much later, until she's sort of eating, you know, more than once, uh, solid food more than once a day. Um, and uh, so with Bryson, who is uh, five months, um, we actually started already. Um, I mean, okay, so we've done it twice now. <laughs> the first time was, a, I guess, a complete failure. Again, I didn't see it, but um, I heard it did not go well. And then the second time went better. Um, and it's the same same thing. We just are, we have a little bit of the rice. Is it the rice? I'm pretty sure it's the rice cereal. And we've mixed it with um, breast milk. And um, I guess the first time he just pushed it out of his mouth um, and didn't take it at all. And the second time, um, I think he took it a little bit. So 
We're kind of pushing it a little bit earlier for um, the very specific reason is that I'm actually just not pumping enough at work um, for him to have enough to eat during the time in which I'm I'm um, I'm away. And so we've sort of decided that he's very interested. He's sitting up on his own. We can put him in a high chair, um, and he. Um, he seems very ready, so we just sort of decided that we would start trying. Cool. Um, and it seems like it's – I think it's going to go well. But we're only going to do the one time a day during the five hours that I'm away um, for a while. So I actually probably won't see it <laughs> for a while. So, but I, but I heard, again, we did it the second time, and I heard it went better that he actually took it. And he, I guess the first time he just kept pushing it out of his mouth. Um, very eager to put the spoon in his mouth and eager. Um, but I guess also, too, I heard that um, he was really hungry. So we got really frustrated. Sure. Um, so the second time, um, my husband said that basically he had fed him. And about an hour later, he did the um, uh, solid food. And then it went much better because oh, cool. he wasn't really hungry. And so was able to kind of take it um, in stride. Perfect. How about you, Cherry? Have you thought about this? I have been thinking about it. Um, we haven't done anything yet. Kelly just turned five months. And um, it's, it's funny because it's the question that I'm getting all the time now. Everyone's asking me, you know, are you doing solids yet? Are you doing solids? And I'm in no hurry. I know so many people who are, like, super excited for this. Um, maybe because I cloth diaper and I'm, like, just not in a hurry to move <laughs> away from the, the nice odorless uh, breast milk cruise that we have at the moment. Um, but she's really, to be honest, from her perspective, um, she's showing no signs of interest. You know, I, I sometimes I think, is she eyeing my food? But then I realize she's teething and she just wants to put anything in her mouth. She put a cardboard box in her mouth. Um, <laughs> not really looking for the food. She's not sitting up. Um, you know, she's kind of grasping at things. That's probably the only thing that she has. So I'm definitely not in, in any rush. And I uh, was originally actually super excited about making all of my own baby food. I had done a lot of research and I knew what I was going to make. And we were going to start with avocado as well. And um, I had a whole bunch of supplies and everything. And then I just recently started um, doing a lot of research about baby-led weaning, and which kind of made me realize, like, well, there goes all of my plans for making the baby food because I guess, you know, part of the research that I've read says that a lot of people just kind of skip the purees altogether and just go straight towards, um, you know, giving the baby what, what you're eating and letting them have chunks and things like that, which... Um, I know so many people who have done successfully, but I don't know enough to not be nervous about the idea of her having this um, chunk of food, especially since, you know, my, my mother used to love to tell me the story of how when I was a baby, I almost choked on a piece of apple. Um, and so so that's something that I'm, I'm looking for more information on. Um, but I feel like I have a little bit more time. And obviously, if she's showing a lot of interest, I'm not going to deny her that just because I'd like to delay the solids and the diapers. But um, for now, I think if things continue, I'm probably um, in, you know, in no rush. And maybe we'll revisit it around seven to eight months. I'd really like to have her you know, be exclusively breastfed for some of those reasons you were talking about, like immunities and their health system and things um, for a little bit longer longer if I can do that. Very cool. All right, ladies. Well, as always, thank you so much for sharing your experiences breastfeeding your babies during their six month of life. Um, it's always such a pleasure to hang out with you guys. And I know we could talk for hours <laughs> upon end. It stinks that we have to end this in 30 minutes. Um, if you are one of our Boob Group Club members, this interview isn't over for you, as we have extended this interview just for you. If you want to learn more about the Boob Group Club, please check out our website at theboobgroup.com. Thank you. 
Before we end today's episode, here's a question from one of our listeners for one of the experts of the show. Hi, this is Sunny, and I have a question when it comes to pumping. Um, I am trying to build up my milk supply, and I'm trying to pump as much as possible, but this pump is just not really working for me. I've, I've had it. This is my second baby. I had the pump with my first baby, and I kind of had the same problem, but I've cleaned out the pump several times. Um, there's nothing clogging it or anything like that. My question is, how do I know when I either need to replace the entire pump? How do I know um, if there's certain parts that I need to replace? What what are the common parts that typically need to be replaced? Thanks so much. Hi, Sunny. This is Rose Davina Jackowitz. I'm a board-certified lactation consultant at Kaiser Permanente in San Diego. And I wanted to answer your question about your pumping. Well, the fact that you had mentioned that your pump is not really working well tells me that maybe it's it's an older pump but you can actually find maybe a lactation consultant who can check it um, to see what the suction level is like. Some pumps will last and last and last. Other pumps, sometimes that if they're used a lot, moms find after one or two babies that uh, it doesn't have the, the real effectiveness that it needed to. So if you're finding that in the past the pump used to work well and it's not working, um, have a lactation consultant check it. She, they usually have a gauge. Some pump companies uh, can refurbish a pump, so you might want to check into that as well. But uh, a new kit doesn't necessarily make a difference if you haven't had the pump evaluated. So that's what I would do if it's worked well in the past. Have it checked, and if it's just an older pump, you may need to, to get a new pump. Thank you so much. If you have a question about breastfeeding or parenting and you would like to ask one of our experts, please call our boob group hotline at 619-866-4775 and we'll highlight it on an upcoming episode. Thank you to all of our listeners. I hope you'll visit our website, theboobgroup.com, and add your stories about breastfeeding your six-month-old in the comment section of this episode's page. Coming up next week, we'll be discussing biological nurturing and breastfeeding. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, because mothers know breast. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of new mommy media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care, and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.